Welcome to the Lawyer Life Podcast, where the personal, professional, and political intersect. Each week, we discuss a topic to help ourselves and other lawyers navigate our days with a little less stress and ideally a lot more fulfillment. On today's episode, we talk about the lawyers we thought we would be. We're asking ourselves, does perception meet reality when it comes to practicing law? I'm Mike Anderson. And I'm Darlene Tonelli. Hello, Darlene. Hello. How are you? you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. That was a great uh, way to summarize our topic today. So kind of you to say. Really good. Yeah? Yeah, really good. Well, I'm working on my my intros. (laughs) I don't know what to say about that. Uh, (laughs) I'm glad it worked out. Um, This made me think, uh, as I was writing this up, apparently really well, um, I have a, a good to start the show off. I was in a meeting this week and unprovoked, somebody called me a quote unquote cool lawyer. What? Wow. Yeah. She well, said, this is Mike. He's a lawyer, but don't worry. He's he's a cool lawyer, which I felt right. really great about. Right. What do you think she meant as we talk about perceptions of lawyer? <sighs> I don't know. Cool? <laughs> it might be the field that we work in, which I think, especially with like the entertainment and music side stuff, I think people think that's cool on its own. Maybe I was hoping that it just meant that like, well, and I think we'll get into it, but like that I'm not maybe necessarily the stereotypical lawyer that people expect when they say a lawyer's in the room. I think I that I maybe I present as a cool lawyer because I don't look or act like the what the folks might expect. Lawyers can be cool. But yes, I agree. I agree. Let's uh, jump in and talk about perceptions. Right. And so, you know, in preparing for the show <laughs> last night, you were sending me a series of GIFs. GIFs? Yes. GIFs. I said J- GIFs. 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 Mm-hmm. Right. That may not be cool, though. We may have to check with uh, some I've others. heard arguments about this, and I don't know if anyone's ever come on. I'm a GIF guy. I'll say GIF. And they were great. Uh, you were really going through, you were going hard into the 90s uh, movie <laughs> lawyer stereotype. Well, one of the things, I mean, we talk about where some of the causation, if to use a nice lawyerly word, you know, what causes some of this unhappiness in the in the legal profession? And I was just thinking this week about some of the things that I thought law would be about when I started this career. And I was I was just thinking back to Allie McBeal the uh, show, which is from the 90s, early 90s. And I looked it up, did a little bit of research on Wikipedia. And apparently that show won the Emmy for best TV series the year that I started law school. So I mean, it was firmly implanted in my mind. I remember going to the, the communal television in the place that I was living in undergrad and uh, seeing that show and thinking that's going to be me. I'm going to work at a place like that firm, <laughs> which is very funny because if anyone has seen the show, it's not, I don't think it resembles a lot of law firms. Maybe it resembles some, but how about you? Did you have a, a lawyer life in mind when you were heading off to law school? Well, first of all, uh, just to poke fun of your age, uh, I think that <laughs> I might have been the same age as the dancing baby in Allie McBeal. Oh my God, don't <laughs> no, even talk about it. That is so true, actually. Ugh. Um, I'm cool with age or this podcast couldn't happen. 
there are far right. too many memories <laughs> or points at which I recognize my age uh, during this podcast. It was that Uga Chaka Uga? It, was that the dancer? Yes. The, yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I have that memory. Uh, to answer your question, actually, when I was in law school, uh, Suits was a was a big thing, which is also a show that's like completely uh, not anywhere close to uh, reality. And there would be times actually when I was, uh, I think it was either when I was summering or articling where I would like get home after a very long day and my my now wife uh, would be watching Suits on TV and I was like, I can't, you can't. It's too <laughs> like, close. It's like, it's too, it's wall to wall. Lots of, uh, I, would, I would kindly ask her to maybe, but moved to a different show. Uh, so that was like the probably the popular legal show when, when uh, yeah, just, just as I started law school, I think. Well, it's funny because I have a long history because throughout our uh, law school journey, the practice was also a big show at that time during mm-hmm. my years. And uh, my now husband, who was not my husband then, was always sort of compared. He sort of looks like one of the guys in the practice. Um, I never really watched that show, so I don't really know much about it. But um, he, we heard a lot about that. So everywhere we went, we talked about these shows. So it's, it wasn't like they were in the background. Um, and the gift that I sent you was from A Few Good Men, which was a oh, movie yeah. that predated Jerry Maguire. But actually, Tom Cruise is a real lawyer in that movie and I guess did so well that they cast him as an agent slash lawyerly type <laughs> in Jerry Maguire. Um, but anyway, he plays a lawyer in a military tribunal hearing. And Demi Moore is his co-counsel in that movie. And I do remember being very interested in that whole trial and the way that they presented and the way they argued the issues when they left the courtroom and the the little dramas amongst themselves and presenting the case. And anyway, also Demi Moore getting very demeaned <laughs> throughout the show as the female lawyer, which I guess is for a different podcast on gender issues. Um, but I do remember being compelled by these images and thinking uh, I didn't have any lawyers in my family. I didn't really have anybody who I could ask about the true experience of law. So if I had to summarize, and I'll ask you maybe to summarize because you're better at that sort of thing than I am, but um, the things that really stuck out for me were they were always in court, first of all, Mm-hmm. the sort of meaty scenes, right? The big cross exam, the gotcha moment, you know, like you can't yeah. handle the truth like that. Um, you know, those were the the things that I thought were interesting and they're very dramatic, right? Because it's on TV. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I think that people draw perceptions from most shows and movies about lawyers is that, yeah, everybody's litigating. Everything is like the highest stake, most interesting case with the like mm-hmm. most compelling evidence. And um, and the pace is, uh, you know, extremely fast and people are always out of the office and there's like wheeling and dealing and like, you know, all this sort of stuff. Um, you know, it's funny. Once I got into uh, practicing, this is actually um, when I was articling, we were trying to, uh, you know, the, the firm asked if we could start to kind of build like a social media presence. Uh, you know, so that, you know, students can look and see what it's like to be an articling student. We tried so hard to like depict our days as interesting, but really all, you know, most lawyers are just sitting at a desk for most of the day and maybe having a couple client meetings. Um, and so, you know, really perception doesn't meet reality, I think, um, it, when you compare it to what's going on on the big screens, for sure. I would agree with you about that. 
Um, and I would also say that something that I think most lawyers maybe thought would be part of the gig is that in all of those TV shows, the associate, the young associate is always out on the street oh, finding yeah. the facts, yeah. chasing down the story, figuring things out. And that sort of happens, but it definitely doesn't. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a criminal lawyer, so maybe it does more in other practice areas. But usually you're kind of the, the facts come to you. <laughs> you yeah. read them. I think that so aside from like the superficial fun television sort of conversation we're having, there are, you know, I know coming into law school there, I also had perceptions about what a lawyer needed to act like or speak like, uh, you know, the presence a lawyer had to carry in a room, um, all that sort of stuff. I didn't have any lawyers in my family either, but the few times I might have encountered one, I suppose, or, or seen them in media, you do feel like you have to, you know, present yourself in a certain way. And um, I think that since, pra- you know, since starting practice, I don't think that's true. There are a lot of lawyer shows. I think it's compelling. Um, you know, it's so compelling to the viewer who doesn't want to go to law school. And then there's this whole cabal of people watching and thinking, oh, that can be me. And what does it mean? As you say, how do I have to present to kind of gain access to that, that world? Yeah. You know, yeah, and I think that focusing on those like very traditional lawyer type things of like black and white letter of the law and being quite reserved and just totally in the lawyer world, and that is really all you are. Uh, I think actually, in the end, can have its limitations. Um, and and a lot uh, there's a focus right now. For example, a lot of folks are talking about like being the T-shaped lawyer, and this isn't something that I think you know um, a few good men focused on. Of like, oh, look at how like uh, Tom Cruise's character is so good at design thinking. <laughs> you know, it's not we don't get that. Um, and and so the obviously, I'm sure many folks know that you're listening to this podcast. You're probably quite involved in this sort of uh, thought. Uh, area, but the T-shaped lawyer, you know, you have your your vertical part of the T, which is traditional knowledge and skills, and basically, you know, the stuff that law school gets you ready with, and then the horizontal part of the T uh, are you know outside of traditional knowledge and skills that can really help you be, um, frankly, like a very helpful uh, 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 lawyer and advocate to have on your side. And so these are you know these are skills, developing skills like design thinking, project management, change management, you know, business leadership, business partnering, risk management, understanding technology, understand using data, all these sort of things. And I don't think right now, if you were to ask anybody on the street, hey, let's talk about how you perceive lawyers. I don't know if many people are talking about, you know, our uh, skills with technology and data, for example. No, I don't think so. And maybe the show of the future, if anyone's, you know, (laughs) thinking of the next great lawyer drama will feature some of those things. Um, But my experience has always been that me and this is why I think it's important to talk about on this on the podcast is that lawyers do have a lot of different skills, and I think that the education and the the depiction in media and you know some conceptions that we have about what what a real lawyer looks like um, those drive a certain set of behaviors, I guess, or I don't know qualities. But I think that the truth is that underneath that sort of exterior, a lot of lawyers have a lot of different skills. And I think one of the things that drives unhappiness in our profession is that often we're not, because of the nature of our role being very lawyerly and specific to interpreting the law for a client, 
um, we don't have a broader engagement with some of the issues like the business issues for a client. And mm-hmm. I do see a lot of lawyers who really want to have that involvement and they don't. Um, and certainly for me, that was a real driver behind going into in-house as a role where I could yeah. focus full time on, on providing legal advice. Yes. But understanding the business landscape and the, you know, the challenges very up close and personal with the company day to day, always working on kind of moving towards a business goal. Um, and you do need a bunch of skills in that role. And, you know, throwing back to our interview with Erica Savage a few weeks ago, she said that sometimes lawyers just aren't asked for that because it's it's expected that you're not going to have those skills. But my personal experience is that often the lawyer does have those skills. So now we might actually be valued for them or known for having them, or there might be a whole range of lawyers that you loop on a file instead of your the old Matlock world of one lawyer who does your will and sells your house, you know, does your business law, all that stuff. I think that's right. And I think as well, organizations do better when everybody is invited to contribute uh, cross-functionally. And so, you know, Erica is a great example. You know, I, what, one of the things I, I, I took from from her interview is that she had just such a passion to solve problems. Like she just, mm-hmm. and, and it's just so happened, like when she was a kid, you know, she gave the skateboarding example. Um, you know, she took things she was passionate about and was like, okay, now let me like figure out however I can solve this problem. Um, and that is, you know, a really important skill, obviously, for lawyers. And it and it does engage some of those horizontal um, pieces like uh, a lot of times solving a problem is project management. When you get to a solution, it is change leadership. You know, when you're coming up with a, a, a new process or something, it is d- d- design thinking. Um, and so uh, we all, I think, would be better suited to get out of the traditional mold of the like black letter law yes, no. Uh, leave me alone in my office and I'll send you an opinion once it's prepared sort of lawyer and more a lawyer that is comfortable and practices those horizontal skills more often. Well, and something I used to encounter a fair bit, and I would, I would joke and say like, we're the department of common sense sometimes because there's not a law implicated by the question that's been asked. Um, but what people were coming to us for was just one, an outside perspective often. So it's something they're dealing with day to day and you can lose perspective. And I think it's very valuable in an organization to have somebody that you can just present the facts to and they can give you mm-hmm. their opinion. Sometimes people give too much weight to the lawyer's opinion in those circumstance, circumstances, but um, I still think it's it's an interesting um, practice, thought practice. And then the other thing that I would always kind of think that people were looking for from us was just the analytical approach, right? So there were different Mm -hmm. ways of approaching a problem. Um, And I've always, I looked at working within a company as a bunch of different ways of approaching an issue. Sometimes there was a, you know, a problematic way of looking at something or an old time way that could be improved. But generally speaking, it was all the diverse perspectives that, that made it better Um, and that is, I think the lawyer perspective can be more than just, is there a risk here? Is there a, you know, we can help make things easier too for clients. And that's very rewarding work when you, when the client leaves and they think, oh, the lawyer made that better and easier. That's, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. That's not an easy thing to do though. Like, and that's why it's such, I think a special skill and, and, and a skill you do need to, um, develop is, you know, 
making things easier uh, mm-hmm. and then people will be uh, looking forward to dealing with <laughs> the legal department instead of perhaps um, trying to avoid it or waiting to the last minute to get, you know, quote unquote sign off. Um, but ultimately to give a simple solution, uh, it really takes full understanding of the legal issue. So using that vertical part of the T and then using your horizontal skills to, okay, so I have the analysis. Now let's start to solve the problem with these other skills I have. And, and for example, you know, I know that one thing I love is that, you know, we focus a lot on leveraging technology um, to try to uh, make processes more efficient. And um, that's such a satisfying uh, thing to do because not only are you building, you know, a legal document um, and a legal solution, but also you're you know that the person sitting across from you is going to be able to do their job in a more efficient and and better way, um, you know, when you're done working on that project together. Uh, which for me is a far better outcome than just saying, you know, here's my opinion, go figure it out. Well, and I it's I'm, ex- I'm having an experience today where I'm waiting on. The other side has sent a document to be printed and scanned and signed and scanned back to me so that my client can sign. Um, And I don't want to wade in with everyone on copy and say, you know, there are faster ways to do this. Um, So I didn't. But I'm thinking as you're speaking, I'm like, you know, that's a Mm -hmm. that's a loss. Today's Mm -hmm. Friday. It will be Monday. You know, this could we could be working on this over the weekend. Like that's an actual uh, with a signed agreement. Instead, I'm going to get a partially signed, and I'm going to immediately send it back with an e-signed version. But, you know, it's uh, that kind of stuff matters to clients, right? So I think that as as more and more lawyers kind of use, I mean, probably it was innovative at one point to even be emailing mm-hmm. rather than faxing, right? Like it takes our profession, everybody a little while to all get on the same page, and then we do. Um, but it, that's, it's important. You can, losing time is not, not a great idea. So that's, you know, obviously a, an, a good example of innovation and, and, you know, a present day lawyer embracing that. What do you think the future lawyer looks like, um, aside from stereotypes, but in, in reality and in practice, you know, we're talking about the T-shaped lawyer now. I'm sure that's going to get outdated very soon. <laughs> um, what do you think we're going to be speaking about in the future? Yeah. Well, I think in the vein of reducing stress for everybody, I I think right now lawyers by habit are looking at all the, you know, there's a lot of people out there talking about new technology and new ways to lawyer and all that stuff. And I, I even mm-hmm. find that overwhelming sometimes because the idea is, oh, I got to be here, got to be there, got to do that, got to do this or it's all over. I don't agree. I think, you know, certain legal institutions have to revamp themselves to remain relevant for sure. Um, But as far as individual lawyers, if we can equip ourselves with the training to do good law um, and also take the time as we try to do on on this podcast to to really decide what our interests are and really, really take the time to figure out what are our strengths? You know, what do we enjoy? What have we always enjoyed? Um, What have we always been good at? that will translate into a law career in the future. And I actually think there's there's a lot of, um, that's even better, really. I mean, that's better for our profession if there are a lot of different ways to be a lawyer and to practice. And I think on the whole that, you know, it's not the law degree that makes people so miserable. I think it's the idea that once you have the degree in hand, you should be deeply fulfilled by practicing within a law firm model, 
that is really, really um, unfulfilling to people. Not all people, but some. And I think in the future, those some people will have a whole bunch of different options to be all kinds of lawyers. And if you are a lawyer, I, I would just comment on something you said earlier. If you are sort of an old school, uh, very lawyerly lawyer, I, I also don't think it necessarily means there's no place for you. It just means that you have different clients or you have, you're called in in different situations. Cause I I've gotten a situation right now where I've called in a lawyer from another um, discipline that I don't have experience in. And what we need is sort of a staid approach. Um, you know, it's uh, it, that approach and that lawyer makes some good sense. You know, not everyone has to be the new lawyer with all the bells and whistles either. Mm -hmm. That's kind of my thinking. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think you have to have some basics, but uh, it's going to, it's going to evolve and there are going to be, there's going to be room for a lot of different people. That's my thought. I hope so. What's your thought? A lot more cool lawyers. More cool <laughs> lawyers. That's good though. More cool doctors. I mean, you can get medical advice via Skype now, you know, like, my doctor was listening to music when I walked into his office recently, which I loved. Yeah. Loved it. He was listening to Wilco. I was like, all right. God, had you ever noticed that there's never good music in doctor's offices? Well, yeah. I know, definitely noticed that it, oh, this is a traditional doctor's office where, you know, hmm. you know, to me that was, I from walking in, I was like, oh my gosh, this guy's exhibiting his passion. He's comfortable, like making himself comfortable and happy in his space. This makes me very happy and excited to be working with him, like to, that this is my doctor, you know? Um, and I don't know if other people would feel that way. And maybe, you know, it looks like he's, I don't know, like not as much of a professional, but for me, that's like, that's the kind of thing I, I want all of us to achieve in our workplaces is just like to be able to feel comfortable and be ourselves, be relaxed. And that's the, then we produce our best work. And so some of that I think is, is uh, related to this of like breaking out of the stereotype, uh, not feeling like you need to fall into it. And then when you are able to be authentic, I think that those horizontal skills are more likely to come because you don't feel like you have to be stuck in, in the vertical part of the T. Yeah. And the vertical part of the T will be so different in the future too, right? Like there's so much more, um, I don't know. I think there's a lot, the sands are shifting right now in the, in the legal profession in a way that I think is really interesting. And um, to me, the most important skills are the ones of, you know, mental flexibility, adaptability, comfort when you're outside of your comfort zone, um, curiosity, mm -hmm. openness, um, you know, trying to reduce your expectations and the thought that you're always right. Um, you know, thinking one major mistake, I think a lot of people make in a lot of professions and maybe in life is, and I see it all the time and I wonder about it is, you know, if you try to please everybody, you might not, you know, you're not pleasing you and you might not get the everybody, but you also might not get mm -hmm. the ideal Mike Anderson loves your music in your medical clinic client that would be really fulfilling to work with as a doctor. Totally makes sense. I'm totally with you. And let me go back to the question we originally uh, asked ourselves off the top of the podcast. Darlene, are you the lawyer you thought you would be? <laughs> no. But in a good way, I think. Um, yeah. I think that I went with preconceived notions of what I would be. I think I tried to be those things for a bit. I think I lost myself 
in there. Um, some of the cheeriness, some of the humor, I definitely did not use that in the early years of my practice. I was, I did not feel that was what was going to be rewarded. Um, and I now, I would say I've exceeded my expectations for the interest level of the work and the, um, you know, that's, and the, the model, I think, uh, I definitely did not think I would run a law firm. Um, I definitely did not think there were record labels in Canada that I could be a lawyer for. <laughs> um, you know, there are definitely a bunch of pieces of my career that were unexpected, but flow from trying to make the right decisions for me. How about you? I, yeah, I, I I feel the same way. I think like I know I didn't see myself uh, getting to where I am, uh, but I'm ecstatic I have. Um, and if I was able to tell myself entering law school that um, I would have to wear a suit maybe once a month <laughs> and get to you know I left uh, television production to go to law school, and if I would be able to tell myself as well that. Uh, I'd be running legal affairs on TV shows and stuff. I would be very uh, happy with that too. I, I did not think that that would be the reality either. Um, and certainly I did not think that I would be able to have a podcast, you know, <laughs> yeah. about uh, the profession and uh, kind of be able to be goofy um, on that. And, and I thought I'd have to be much more buttoned down. So uh, certainly um, happy that, um, you know, I fall, I think, outside of the stereotype that I thought I might otherwise have to fall into. Well, good point about the podcast. Can I just share with you a thought that I was going to uh, tell you anyway, but I was thinking that it also can, you know, you can get your happiness and fulfillment from a bunch of different things. And sometimes you don't even know what it is that you need until you try some things. So for example, mm. all of my friends that I've been, you know, road testing my theories and ideas on at cocktail parties and stuff and dinners for the last 15 years now say quite logically, it makes sense that you would want to do a podcast and share some of these ideas. You have this sort of, you know, interest in educating and sharing what you've learned. And, um, but I, it, it's funny to say, but I almost didn't know that until I started writing the blog and doing the podcast, which initially, you know, as we've discussed was sort of for different reasons. It wasn't, it actually wasn't for me to feel an increased personal fulfillment. It was just the next right step, as we've talked about. Sometimes when you sort of put yourself on a path that makes sense, the next right thing kind of falls into place. And what I have realized is that this is a piece of who I am, you know, and it was something that prior to doing mm. the podcast, prior to having my own um, business where I could speak honestly about my thoughts without anyone to tell me that I shouldn't be saying these things, um, you know, I didn't that piece wasn't really, that wasn't a box in my overall personality that was checked. So I would just say, I think it's different for everyone. I don't think everyone needs a podcast or needs to speak about their ideas, but everyone probably has these things that you're like, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. Um, and in the olden days where you had to actually, you know, be selected to be on a mass media um, uh, means of communication, you couldn't just do that on your own. Uh, mm -hmm. without writing a book or something. So that's been really useful. And that's a piece of an overall puzzle that is, I think we're constantly putting together as, as people, not just as lawyers. Here, 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 here. That's great. Okay. Um, so maybe we can end it on that. Uh, we'll go to a break and we'll come back with our goods and grapes. Sounds good.
The Lawyer Life Podcast is brought to you by Inter Alia Law, experienced legal counsel when and where you need us. To learn more about Inter Alia, visit the website at spelled I-N-T-E-R-A-L-I-A-Law.com. Thank you. And we are back with our goods and gripes. Goods are things we want to promote and support. Gripes are things that annoy us. Darlene. I have a good this week. Um, it's just a funny one, but uh, I, well, two goods. I'm going to go with two goods this week. So one, I was watching a comedy special by John Mulaney and there was a bit in it. And I thought, I've seen this before. I've heard this before. Oh, Mike talked about it on the podcast before. Mm. So I had not, I guess I had subliminally processed your recommendation to watch the John Mulaney Netflix specials and yeah. uh, forgotten all about it. But I did watch them and man, they are very funny. Uh, so that's that's one. And then the second one that I would say is that I have a, um, maybe I'll post a link to it, but there is a woman who is a Nigerian woman, and I'm, I won't attempt the pronunciation. I don't want to get it wrong. But she is a, a very well-known feminist. She did an infamous t- uh, TED Talk, which we will link to from the show notes, um, on feminism and that every woman should be a feminist. And she has just put out a manifesto of 15 things to teach your um teach your child she's talking to a daughter but i think Mm. it's applicable to both um to be a feminist and i read it this week my husband read it um we are going to try to implement the principles i some of them weren't intuitive to me i mean most of them were but i think it's really good reading for anybody really and particularly for parents just stuff like you know don't teach her that getting married is a an important thing that she needs to do in life you know let her decide Mm -hmm. on her own kind of thing and Anyway, it's written from a Nigerian perspective. So some of the stuff is, uh, you know, I think we've made more progress on in North America, but not not always. So anyway, I recommend that book. So I'll mm-hmm. tag it. How about you? That's great. I'm looking forward to reading that. Um, my good, speaking of shows that we liked uh, from yesteryear, do you remember the CBC show Street Sense? Vaguely. The title for sure. Never watched it, though. It was like, so it was a show... 20 years old or so now i guess 15 years old uh that was targeted at teenagers it was about like consumer advocacy and and being responsible consumers but it was fun and they would like the one one highlight always at the end of the show was that they would take some product that was like crappy for some reason and they'd be like it's fit for the pit and they would like throw it into a bubbly uh, goo pit and stuff uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway i have uh, great memories of that show and it actually did you know, early on in my life, uh, teach me to be a conscious consumer and, um, you know, to think critically about the things that we were told in advertising and so on, uh, hosted by Jonathan Torrance, who's, uh, you know, he, he's on trailer park boys. He had his own talk show in Canada. He's great. Uh, he has a great podcast as well. Um, so anyway, it's coming back. Uh, and also speaking of just putting something on the internet and not having to wait for mass media to pick it up. Uh, they're doing it online. It's called Your Two Cents. And the website is yourtwocentstv.com. Uh, and they're, yeah, just kind of recreating the show um, as, uh, as a way to engage young people um, in, uh, in making good and informed uh, consumer choices. So that's my good. And I'm very excited to see it. That is a good. Yeah. Grape? Yeah, I have a really simple grape. Do you want me to go first? Okay. Yeah, I don't know that I have a grape, so go ahead. I stubbed my toe. 
so hard this morning. <gasps> I feel like this may not be your first toe-related gripe. Definitely is. I don't like to talk about toes or feet very often. <laughs> but oh boy. Sure. Stubbing a toe. That'll get you. All righty. Yeah, I don't have any gripes. This was a good week. I'm I'm excited to be back in spring territory and I am just uh yeah, I have this week no gripes. Two goods, one gripe from Mike. And that's that's a good way to wrap up our week. Great summary, Darlene. <laughs> Did my best. <laughs> okay. Um I guess that's the end of our show for today. Uh so we will talk soon. Talk soon. That's it for this week's episode of LLP. Thanks to Inter Alia Law for presenting the podcast and to Nick Fowler for composing and performing our music. See our show notes for his website. Don't forget, we love feedback. Please comment in the review section or subscribe or like. We'd appreciate it greatly. That's it. Talk soon.